pursuing God-honoring responsible stewardship in governance, financial accountability, and fundraising. Welcome to the Excellence in Ministry podcast from ECFA. Hey everyone, this is Dan Busby, and welcome back to another Excellence in Ministry podcast from ECFA. Today, I'm grateful to have Jenny Hogue, the wife of my good friend Gary Hogue, with us in the studio. Jenny serves as the Soul Care Anchoress. For over 10 years, Jenny has helped people anchor themselves to Jesus Christ by meeting one-on-one for spiritual direction, speaking, and teaching on Christian spiritual formation and soul care, leading spiritual retreats, and writing a bi-weekly post called The Spigot, www.soulcareanchoress.com. Jenny specializes in suggesting spiritual practices for individuals and ministry teams. This year, Jenny has spoken in both Australia and the Philippines regarding soul care for administrators, boards, and ministry teams. She will also be joining us during our ECFA governance forums this fall. She and her husband, Gary, just celebrated 27 years of marriage this year, and in the next six months, both of their kids are getting married. So, Jenny, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dan. It is great to be here with you today. So today, we're going to talk about soul care, the what and why. And so, to get us started, what would you say are the motivations for someone to serve as a board member in administration, a pastoral role, or in some other leadership position? That's a great question, Dan. It's likely that when someone serves in that position, they were invited to the to that role or they were hired because of their experience, their knowledge, as well as their passion. And if we really consider the reasons that we serve in these capacities, I'm guessing that one of the strongest motivations, Dan, is that we want to be found faithful, using all that we are and all that God has given us to make him known. We live our lives following Christ, and we pray to hear someday, well done, good and faithful servant. So, Jenny, we're talking about faithfulness. Where does faithful living originate? You know, it's interesting. The world looks at faithfulness through an interesting lens. Productivity and knowledge are highly esteemed. We ask questions like, how much have you done? What has accomplished? Is the church gaining new members? How much growth happened in the last quarter? The world looks at what you do and what you know. Do you understand the current trends? What ways are you using the latest technology? What journals and studies have you contributed to in the last six months? You see these assessments of production and knowledge abound. What's concerning, however, is the capacity for the human being to work long hours producing great products and to be highly esteemed as a scholar and yet exhibit little of the fruit of the Spirit. Faithfulness flows not from what we do and from what we know, but from who we are. God looks at faithfulness through a different lens than the world. According to the Bible, the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal and faithful to him. So the question we need to ask is, is your heart completely the Lord's? What does it mean to be faithful? It isn't necessarily the busiest clergyman or the most knowledgeable businessman. It's the one who seeks the Lord with all of their heart. 
The faithful one is becoming who God intended him or her to be created in his image, reflecting him to the world. As you can see, spirit, faithfulness is a spiritual movement within that flows outward in how we live. So, uh, Jenny, how do you believe caring for your soul um, would impact a board, the administrative or pastoral team, uh, or the overall health of a Christ-centered ministry? Uh, caring for your soul is imperative for a healthy ministry team. You see, the soul is the essence of who we are. It's the entirety of our being. In Scripture, we see that the soul is valued by Christ more than anything in the world. We see that in Matthew 16, 26. We see that it is our soul that lives eternally from Acts 2. And so caring for our soul is imperative. And we can see throughout history that healthy, God-fearing organizations that adhere and oversee the spiritual health of those that serve within it, they make a lasting impact. The godly growth of Billy Graham, for example, we see that the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association was led by him for nearly 70 years. We also see that Johnny and Friends, founded by Johnny Erickson Tata, she has helped serve the disabled for almost 40 years. So this fruit of faithfulness develops within our soul and it originates with God. It's attuning our soul to God so that his fruit grows in us as we live that submitted life. I like to say this is like our spiritual formation. It's the lifelong process of being transformed by the Holy Spirit to more rightly reflect Jesus Christ. Jenny, I know you have likened spiritual formation or the faith journey to a three-legged stool. Would you explain that to our listeners today? Sure. So imagine a three-legged stool, maybe a tripod, maybe even an easel that you might use in your workplace. Um, I do believe that this actually models our whole person in our spiritual journey. And I kind of have names for each of these legs. So the first leg, Dan, I like to call the knowing leg. Um, this is something we excel at in our culture. This is cultivating our intellect. So to grow spiritually, we go to Bible study, attend church, we listen to podcasts and teaching, we take classes, we teach classes, we read lots of books. To become better administrators, pastors, and board members, we also read books and attend seminars, we study our area of service, and we learn from others. So this knowing leg reflects very well 2 Timothy 2.15, which tells us to do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So then we have a second leg to our three-legged stool here that I call the doing leg. This is also a strength in our culture. We feed the hungry. We serve in ministries and church. We fight human injustices. We help in homeless ministry. We volunteer in social and governmental capacities. We give to expand God's kingdom. We really have no trouble, Dan, being busy for God. As God's workers, we volunteer, we shadow professionals in similar fields, we work long hours, and we often burn the midnight oil. This also models for us um, the scripture Colossians 3.17, this act of service. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all for the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So these two legs, Dan, of our three-legged stool, they... Um, mimic our culture, which is progress and production driven. However, in modern day Christianity, we tend to struggle with the third leg, 
of our stool. And this is the leg that I call the being leg. This is the experiential intimate life with Christ. Resting with God, prayer, being in his presence, meditating on scripture. Unfortunately, these are often deemed unproductive. It's as though we're almost opposed to this internal care. What happens though is we might know God loves us, but really not really experience God loving you. Or we might know we're forgiven, but then how does that really impact our identity? This is Jesus' invitation to us in John 15. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. We as a people and as a culture, we need to learn how to remain, how to be with Jesus Christ. Wow. Well, Jenny, I love the the example of a three-legged stool knowing, doing, and being. So, so what would being look like? How would that be applied to, to ministries today? Well, like I said, the, the knowing and the doing we're really good at, right? right? So this being, you know, unfortunately, many times at board, as board members, administrators, or pastors, ministry um, coordinators, it's easy to focus on what is done and what is, what is known. We do that both with ourselves as well as those that we serve. Um, we often disregard one's being, and this leads to a negative fallout. Like this might explain when ministries face moral failure or financial corruption, attitudes of pride, legalism, gluttony. Um, this lack of soul care also reveals itself in a faith that might feel dry, weary, empty, maybe even disconnected. So when communion with Jesus is broken or shallow, like when our three-legged stool gets off kilter, we, we might look for identity in, in external things. We might look for it in activity, in external accomplishments, materialism, maybe even our intellect. Um, and these leave the soul empty and wanting. They truly don't satisfy. We can't find our worth in our performance. And um, so then we have to ask what's really left, and it's this being aspect that we need to cultivate. So, Jenny, when, when our soul is depleted, or perhaps we might say off balance, what do you suggest that we do? Well, you know, I, I hate to share this, but this is reality. For me, I actually came to the end of myself when I was diagnosed with cancer. And I was diagnosed with cancer, and I thought, I'm going to beat this thing, and I had all these plans for how I was going to use my recovery time. Books I was going to read, videos I was going to watch. And it was in that space that I began to notice my own depleted soul. As I laid on my bed, I realized that my mind was foggy and I couldn't use my intellect like I had. I couldn't lead the Bible study. I couldn't read the book. I couldn't even focus on a, a video or a TV. And all of a sudden, I wasn't doing either. I wasn't volunteering at my kid's school or serving at the church. I, I wasn't serving in our community even because I didn't have the energy. So I, I got to lay there, Dan, and realize, oh my goodness, I'm not doing or knowing anything. So is that even enough? And it was in that space that God's like, yes, Jenny, you are enough just by being. And it was in that stillness with the Lord that he began to commune with the depths of my soul. And that's truly where I began to experience intimacy with the Lord. And so 
tending to our depleted, off-balanced soul is crucial. Otherwise, we do find ourselves experiencing exhaustion or feeling of um, lack of purpose. And for me, it took cancer. I hope that doesn't take that for all of the listeners. But we can be intentional about tending to our soul, and soul care leads us into that space. Excellent. And so are there other ways that that we can renew ourselves from the inside out so that we and the ministries we serve function from healthy souls living with Jesus? Yeah. You know, um, that's my passion is to spur everybody on into full life, the life that Jesus called us to, the abundant life. And, um, you know, we can ignore our soul, but it doesn't make it disappear and the needs that it has. The neglected soul might reveal itself through addiction, exhaustion, stubbornness, aggression, obsessions. Um, But the soul can actually be whole and healthy when it's cared for under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so soul care is what I would suggest for the ministries and organizations that you serve as a means of moving deeper in intimacy with the Lord. As we pay attention to the being aspect of our faith journey, our three-legged stool comes into balance. And then we live that full, vibrant, spirit-led life. And then our ministry and service flow from that space as we reach out and use the gifting God's given us. Wow, that's great. Uh, You know, we've been talking about soul care, but maybe we ought to, maybe I should ask you exactly what is soul care? I like to say that soul care is giving thoughtful and careful attention to your inner being. It is gospel-centered and it's sensitive to the movements of the Holy Spirit within you. Soul care is being attentive to God's activity in your life and allowing the grace of God in your life to then impact your care and leadership of others. Uh, So Jenny, what are some of the life-giving rhythms or practices to carry for uh, our souls as board members and senior leaders? Well, I think that's going to be the primary focus of our next podcast, but I will say that rhythms are necessary. They give life to the soul. And spiritual practices are learned by consistency, training, and accountability. You know, just like we're trying to, when we teach our children to brush their teeth, at first they may not like that, right? It's a nuisance and it's a hassle, but once they practice it and go to the dentist and the dentist says, no cavities, they're all for it. And they've learned the practice of cleaning their teeth. In the same way that maybe you and I might learn the practice of driving the speed limit. We get those road signs and we can ignore them, but they still exist. But as we practice and adhere to them, then we don't get the ticket with a fine. So we learn the importance of the habit of driving the speed limit. So spiritual practices are like these things that are habits that put us in a place where the spirit reveals and moves within us. And so these are descriptive patterns and rhythms for living the full life with Christ. And we will dive into that a little bit more in the future. Um, What I want to say, though, Dan, is that just like we began by looking at faithfulness, being found faithful by God motivates us as we serve as board members, administrators, on pastoral teams. And God invites us to faithfully follow him with all of our being. And as we intentionally care for our soul, that fruit of the Spirit, the faithfulness, abounds. So right now we might have 
in, encourage everyone to have some soul-attending questions that they might consider? Well, some of the questions would include, are you giving thoughtful and careful attention to your inner being? In what ways is God moving within you? Describe your prayer life. What spiritual practices do you regularly engage to be with God? And finally, how are you caring for your soul? Jenny, this has been such a helpful time together. Thanks again for making time for us. And again, for our listeners on the podcast, Jenny's biweekly post called The Spigot is at www.soulcareanchorus.com. And one more thing, ECFA has declared this year the year of excellence in governance, and ECFA is thrilled that, that both Jenny and her husband, Gary, will participate in the ECFA Excellence in Governance Forums. Register to attend the forum nearest you by visiting www.ecfa.org slash governance forums and bring your fellow board members with you to glean more wisdom from Jenny, Gary, and many others. Well, that's all for now. Remember to email your question or ideas for future episodes of the podcast to podcast at ecfa.org. We appreciate you and all of your governance service. And we look forward to being with you again soon for another Excellence in Ministry podcast.